0: It is time for the 7th Avenue Project, I'm Robert Polly, And today we are going to welcome back to the show the music collector and writer Donald Cohen. Don is passionate about passionate music, and he's written a series of books that explore particular traditions by way of some representative songs. Songs chosen by Don and included on a CD that comes with each book. How convenient is that? His first book was about Portuguese Fado music, his second about tango music from Argentina and elsewhere, and both of those books prompted music-filled interviews on previous editions of this show. Well, now Don has a third book, and I have invited him back to talk about it. It is called Gypsy Voices: Songs from the Romany Soul, and it's about the music of the Roma people, better known to many as gypsies, though that latter word is problematic. Don and I will talk a bit about that and many other things today, but first, of course, a song. Don, welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to be back, Robert. Tell us about the song we're hearing. This is a very special song in Romani history.
1: It's a very old song. I believe it goes back to originally an Albanian melody, but the Roma have been singing it uh, all over Eastern Europe. And in 1971, when the Romab tried to organize as a nation, this became their national anthem.
0: So an old Albanian song that was sort of officially chosen as a national anthem as the Roma tried to really form a nation from these disparate, scattered groups that they had become.
1: Right, because the group is so spread all over the world that it took a concerted effort to try and form a nation because they share a common language, although dialectically it's changed in certain areas. And there are many groups that don't speak that language either, which makes it particularly complicated.
0: And the version of this song, "Jelem Jelem," which translates uh, as I've Traveled, the version we're listening to is performed by the Karandila Gypsy Brass Orchestra from Bulgaria. Um, who is the, the lovely
1: lead singer we're listening to? Uh, her name is Maya. She's a young girl from the local Roma neighborhood in Bulgaria, where this was recorded. And uh, she's just described as Maya, no last name, and they indicate this was the first time she ever sang on a recording. might add that the song has gotten a new title since it became the national anthem. The title of the song is Opre Roma, which means Arise Roma. Don, I noticed that you pronounce it Roma. Is that the right way to say? First of all, you know, I'm not an expert in these things, especially in pronunciation of the Romani language. But uh, I believe I've heard it pronounced properly as Roma. Uh-huh.
0: Why don't we do what you did at the beginning of your book, which is issue a kind of disclaimer right away about our use of terms uh, when referring to the Roma. Gypsy is the common term that everyone knows, and therefore, during this interview, we'll, we'll remind people that that's who we're talking about. But it is not the word that a lot of the Roma themselves like. Yes,
1: a lot of the groups find that a pejorative term. There are groups that don't, but the majority in Europe do find that pejorative. As a result of that, it's a problem when you're writing because when you write about it and if you don't put the word gypsy into the title, uh, then nobody uh, who is not Roma knows what you're writing about. And the Roma had a lot of trouble because people think they're talking about people from Rome, If you say Roma, or they think they're Romanian, an entirely different language. And so it has been a difficult problem. Well, to make things more complicated,
0: you have bands and people, Roma, who are fine with using the word, such as the Carandila Gypsy Brass Orchestra, the group we just listened to,
1: I think that, they uses have this, that word. I think they have the same problem. They have the same problem. If they, they, the, if they say themselves. it with the Roma <laughs> Orchestra, nobody knows what they're talking about. They, if they want to describe what kind of music they do, they're unfortunately required to use the word gypsy. So there you are. There you are.
0: We should um, also mention that this word gypsy comes from Egyptian, right? Yes, yes. Because some Europeans thought they must have come from Egypt originally? Well,
1: it's conceivable that some of the Roma groups, when they entered into Europe, sometimes used that concept of being Egyptian because they felt they'd be accepted more easily. In other words, they were Mm. rare and exotic from Egypt, and possibly they felt they'd be received better. And the term then went from Egyptian to to gypsy. Uh
0: Aha. And then there are these other terms used... Uh, in various parts of Europe, there's Tsigani, which you hear in Eastern Europe. Yeah. It's all
1: through Eastern Europe. It's Tsigoina in Germany, Tsigani. That came originally from a very early Greek term meaning untouchable or outlander.
0: So another maybe somewhat pejorative
1: term. Somewhat pejorative.
0: And then there's uh, Gitan in France or Gitano in Spain. Uh, how is that word I think those treated? are the
1: adaptations of, of
0: gypsy. Of gypsy. That's and, what I think. And then there's Manouche also in France.
1: Manouche is actually the name of one of the Roma tribes. Ah. Uh, the Manouche uh, in, in, in France, uh, the Sinti in uh, northern France and Germany. And Manouche, uh, the difference is that the, the word means a human being, a, a man. Rome actually means man. In oh, gypsy in the Romani language. Yeah. You know, you find that all over the
0: place, um, that groups are given a name by outsiders, usually by conquerors or the dominant members of society, that means something disparaging. But the group's own name for itself just means human being. And this, this is true this of the so-called country. Navajo. Right. That's not their name for themselves. Right. I believe it's also true of people we refer to as Eskimo, which is not their name for no, themselves. No, that's true. It's, most people just call themselves people, and then outsiders name them after something
1: else. Something else. And some, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. This is the case. And, of course, the problem is that in all different parts of the world, this has been approached in a different way mm-hmm. and leading to uh, difficulties. In England, there are Roma groups that travel. Mm that came in various waves. Then you have the Irish travelers. Some of them are just displaced persons after Oliver Cromwell conquered Ireland, and they're still traveling, but they're travelers. And in Wales, you have some actual Roma groups. It's really very confusing. It's
0: true. Uh, You you have the travelers in Ireland who also live this sort of migratory existence out of caravans, right? Right. And they're confused with gypsies, meaning Roma. Roma. Exactly, Uh, exactly. Well, let's listen to another song off the album that accompanies your book, and this one is from Romania.
2: și dragă bălani cine bătrici pe sufgard până nu-și culoare de brad mai nu-nud chit de la i soarele numai floare
0: That's a song called Balanouche off of the CD that accompanies the new book, Gypsy Voices, Songs from the Romany Soul, by my guest, Don Cohen, a uh, musicologist. I'm going to call you a musicologist, Don. Flattery will get you everywhere. I think you qualify after three <laughs> books. Uh, we've talked about your other two books uh, here on this program in the past, um, one on Portuguese fado and another on tango. This time you've taken on a really massive subject, uh, the music of the Romani people, a.k.a. gypsies. But you have intelligently confined yourself to just one part of that universe of music, which is now all over the world. Uh, You've stuck to Central and Eastern Europe.
1: I I started out originally, I was going to write about Roma music in general. And about three months into research, I said, this is insane. (laughs) <laughs> There's no way. If I do this, it's going to have to be like a child's garden of alphabet stories. One page for each group. Yeah. I mean, it would be childish. Encyclopedia. And yeah. It's an insult to the reader, an insult to the Romani right. people. Right. I said, I've got to limit this. I, the Balkan music is my favorite Romani music. And that's the stuff I love. And even then, that was a very, very wide oh, area. It's, it's went, still huge, yeah. Yeah, you know, Greece to Siberia. Right, exactly.
0: From Greece to Siberia, you've included... Uh, little bits of of central Europe like Greece, you've got eastern Europe like Romania, but people will not find um, gypsy swing music from France, a la Django Reinhardt. They won't find flamenco from Spain so there's many other aspects of Roma music. Um, Let's talk about the song we just heard though. This one's from Romania Uh, Again, the name of it is Balanoush and the singer is Romica Pusiano
1: This is actually an example of what's called lotari music Mm -hmm. from Romania What is that? It refers to one of the Romani tribes. And the Romani tribe in Romania, or at least this tribe, the Lotari, refers to their occupation. Many of the tribes get their names from their occupation. Lotari means from the lute. These are musicians. These are Roman musicians, the most famous musicians in Romania. And uh, uh, their music was a type of music using a lute, a cymbalome. Uh, Which is uh, a hammer dulcimer. Yeah, hammer dulcimer, accordion.
0: So, Don, this particular song has this kind of um, lopsided rhythm uh, being, you know, picked out on that. Isn't that on, beautiful? On the cymbal, <laughs> and it goes, dump, dump, <laughs> dump, 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 dump. Is there a name for that, that form, that song I, form?
1: If there is, you're talking to the <laughs> wrong guy. I don't have the answer. I do recognize it. I'm sure, I'm sure there may be, but I have to tell you that... Uh, As I say in my book, there may be more beautiful music in the world than Romania, but I've never heard Mm, it. mm. That's how I feel about this music.
0: I think a lot of listeners in our audience are probably familiar with some of the more famous Romanian uh, Roma bands. And of all of them, they may know this next one the best. (laughs) ¶¶ Okay, that was a uh, selection from very famous song, Mugu Mugurel. That's it. And that's one of the signature pieces from the Romanian uh, Roma band, Tarafta Hajduks, which uh, translates as band of thieves or band, band of brigands. band of
1: brigands, band of thieves. You know, it's a funny thing about this book. When I started working on it, listening to all this music, I'd run over to my wife and say, listen to this great thing. It's the best thing I've had for the album. This is best. Nothing's going to be better than this. next day, (laughs) something I found is the best thing. This went on about. (laughs) She finally got tired of all this, you know. How many best things are best of all, you know, but this is one of the
0: best. It really is. And and Taraf De Haiduks, we've been fortunate to see them in our area, have them in our area uh, multiple times performing live here. Um, I think the first time they performed, they still had. Their oldest member, whose voice we heard on yeah, that piece. gone. Nikolai uh, Nyaksu. Yes, I can't remember I'm that. probably name, mispronouncing exactly. it. But I'm sure p- I can't remember it either. You could hear him singing lead there. You could also hear him on fiddle. Wonderful fiddle player. He was in
1: his 70s or 80s, and he was terrific.
0: Fantastic. Terrific. And and he was featured in, for instance, the movie Lacho Drome. Who's the filmmaker, Tony? Um, Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Yeah. Uh, came out, oh, 20 years ago. It traces sort of the history of... Um, Roma music from its origins, at least its hypothetical origins in northern India, all through Europe, yes. and it included a scene with Nikolai playing the fiddle with a single—if I remember right—a single thread, not a bow, right—a thread that he dragged across
1: the dragged string. Dragged across the string. It's just most incredible thing to hear. <laughs> I've got it recorded somewhere. It's just beautiful. My my favorite story is when we heard him at UCLA, and during the intermission, they were selling some of the CDs. In the lobby. Well, I already had several of them, so I didn't need to buy another one. But I'm walking along the lobby and I hear pss, pss, some guy, has got one CD from the orchestra he's selling. One own. of the
0: man members on the side. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, this similar thing happened here in uh, Santa Cruz when they played at one point. Right after the show, their whistle player steps outside and starts busking. Just to pick up some extra cash.
1: I think it's yes. incredible. That's we we incredible should say it. These guys started as. Village uh, street local musicians played out of villages. They were hired to play weddings. Right. And then they were
0: discovered by a couple of musicologists who said, whoa, uh, these are serious honchos. Exactly. We need to present them to the world, and since then, they are now world famous, they've toured everywhere, they've been in movies, a movie with Johnny Depp, The Man Who Cried, right. He did some, well, he's some a, music he's for a,
1: that. He's, a, he's crazy about them, and traveled with them, and promoted them, and he's, he's really into this music. And uh, you've seen uh, the,
0: um, the documentary When the Road Bends, Tales of a Gypsy yes, Caravan, right, yeah. which um, in part documents a world tour of Roma musicians from various parts of Europe all gathered together, and not just Europe all gathered together for a tour of the U.S., uh, but also has some wonderful sequences shot in the places they come from, including Nikolai himself back in Romania. And he mentioned, he name-checks Johnny Depp. Yes, I know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever,
1: whatever works, you know. But, you know, one interesting thing is that the fact is that, you know, in the Balkans and these areas, uh, very often, if they had a wedding or an event and they didn't have enough musicians, they'd borrow from the local klezmer orchestras. Oh. The klezmer musicians played with the gy- and vice versa. If a klezmer wedding, they would borrow... Gypsy musicians would come and play. And what happened after World War II, when the Jewish population was gone from the Balkans, the only ones who remembered a lot of the old klezmer material were the the gypsy singers, wow. the Romani singers... are the ones who retained some of the klezmer music. Wow. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating situation of the relationship.
0: Well, in fact, I I wanted to talk to you about the relationship between European Jewry and the Roma. Uh, There are parallels and there are huge distinctions, but both were considered in in Europe outsiders. A lot of times they were ostracized, persecuted, enslaved, and slaughtered, Uh, for instance, in the Holocaust, the Nazis right. didn't just
1: try to exterminate Jews; they tried to exterminate Roma. Seven hundred thousand, some say five hundred thousand, maybe more. We don't even know about systematically at yeah, Auschwitz. There absolutely. were many Roma. Absolutely,
0: um, and uh, proportional to their population, as many roughly as many were wiped out as you know proportional mm-hmm. to the European Jewish population mm-hmm. at the time. Well, the
1: Holocaust Museum in Washington—I mean—took a long time for them to finally recognize and promote the fact to the world that. The Holocaust, or in other words, they brought in the Roma uh-huh. population that had been slaughtered, which, I mean, to, to be to have it recognized as part of the Holocaust right? officially.
0: Well, I'm glad of that because one thing that isn't parallel is that whereas, you know, Jewish culture has such a tradition of preserving and commemorating history, the Holocaust being a major example, whereas the Roma... Are sort of the exact opposite. They don't have a unified, a, unified access to the kind of mechanisms of exactly. of of, uh, of publishing and preservation, mm-hmm. and they don't even have a. They haven't really had a national
1: concept. Well, the k- key reason for that is they, they didn't have a writing. They didn't have a written history uh-huh. until about a hundred years ago. I mean, you can imagine how difficult it is to maintain something without a written history. They were dependent upon oral history. And if, if you have a Holocaust, there goes the old generation that is supposed to pass the tradition on. So only recently have they gotten a written language which will uh, promote this. And, of course, there are ever more Roma scholars attempting to record their history and to um, bring it back up to date.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, By the way, the the Roma have their own name for the Holocaust, right? Yeah, Paramos, it's P-O-R-R-A-J-M-O-S, Paramos, which means the devouring, Mm -hmm. which is as good a word as the Holocaust. It means the same Mm. terrible Mm. thing. Mm. Mm.
0: You mentioned that there was a connection between klezmer and Roma music, and you can imagine that in these... Settings in in Eastern Europe, for instance, where you had the shtetls where Jews lived, and you had the Romani camps and mm-hmm. villages, mm-hmm. that there would be some mingling. And, and is there much, you know, sort of cross influence on on their music? Because I mean, klezmer has some of the aspects of
1: well, Rome, there's definitely music. cross influence and in interrelationship. To what mm-hmm. extent, I can't tell you.
0: Let's hear another song, Uh, and before we do, I want to remind my listeners that this is the 7th Avenue Project on 88.9 KUSP. I'm Robert Polly, and I'm talking today to Don Cohen. Back for his third visit to this show, Don is a musicologist and has been um, putting together books that collect songs, including uh, some of the sheet music from these songs, from various musical traditions, including Portuguese fado, uh, Argentine tango, and now... Music of the Romani people, aka gypsies, from Central and Eastern Europe. His new book and CD are called Gypsy Voices Songs from the Romani Soul. And today I'm talking to Don and listening to some of the music off of his CD. So let's hear another tune, Don. And this one's really quite different, but it might speak to this um, question of uh, the influence of Roma music on people who aren't Roma. <laughs>
4: Толпою цыгане табором
3: ведут.
4: Всегда гитара под полою, всегда играют и поют.
5: Ильется песня Свободит
4: звонко, и все пуносит лихой напер. Цыган играют. So
3: there
0: we have an
1: oldie. Off of your yeah. collection here, Don. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about this one. Well, this singer, Pyotr Leschenko, was a singer who was probably not uh, Roma. There are some few people who argue that one remote relative was. I guess just to bring it in. However, <laughs> he is unquestionably in the in the early period, of the 30s, 40s, and 50s, considered one of the great Russian gypsy singers, he sang not only gypsy music, but he was really big in tango. In fact, I have in my my tango book, as one of the Russian tangos, he was a fascinating guy who never actually was in mainland of russia he was always in the area of Moldova and uh, parts of romania where he, he lived and died in, in the russian camp he never recorded in russia but millions of his records were always smuggled into russia and only in the 90s was he recognized by the russian government mm. that he was russian and now honored mm. when you say he died in a russian camp what do you mean well the area where he was was uh, occupied by the Soviet Union during period of time. Uh, One general, Boganin, loved his music and sponsored him. When that general was replaced, the next general felt his music was, as usual, degenerate or something. And he was arrested and died in the camp. The Russian attitude to Roma has been very strange. All the nobility loved Roma. They had their own little Roma orchestras, and they venerated the musicians. Then the 30s, after the Russian Revolution, they tried to keep their own national identity. It was encouraged. By 1937, Stalin decided everybody had to become Russian, and then they were ostracized, sent Mm. to camps. I mean, it's been a kind of an up-and-down relationship.
0: Um, Before we move on, I just want to mention that the the song we heard by Pyotr uh, Leschenko I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Russian. Uh,
1: Ljota
0: Oh, there you go. Great. The lyrics are about a band of gypsies who are playing in a young man who falls in love with a gypsy woman, right? Right. And then she moves on, leaving him heartbroken. Exactly. Where have I heard
1: that story before?
0: Let's see. <laughs>
1: Let me see. Let me think. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Probably Hollywood.
0: <laughs> and Curtis Mayfield, right? Gypsy woman. Right. 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 Now, that is a common thing that... The you know dominant cultures have done to the poor Roma. Number one, ostracized them, you know, treated them as outlaws. Number two, romanticized them in completely silly ways, right? It's always some voluptuous gypsy woman or something like that, right?
1: Well, you know, a great Romani scholar, Dr. Carol Silverman from the University of Oregon, who wrote a wonderful book I mentioned in my book um, about the Romani music, has also written about the fact that people adore their music and. Uh, vilify their, their personality. In other words, mm-hmm, mm. the, the music is elevated and the people are based. Mm, mm. It's, it's a very strange phenomenon. Mm.
0: You know, among the people who helped you with translations was uh, Dusan Ristich.
1: Yeah, Dusan Ristich was incredible. He translated uh, all the Romani songs that are written in Romani. I think he did all the translations. And he was uh, really very helpful, as was um, Shani Rafati, who's uh, from Kosovo originally. And he's the head of the Voice of Roma organization up in Sebastopol, who do a lot of work helping the Roma children in, in uh in Eastern Europe, and it's a great organization. voicesroma.com If you want to, they have events and great music. If mm. you want to hear music, mm. that's where to do it. A lot of stuff in San Francisco and S- Sebastopol.
0: Voiceofroma.com. dot uh, Dušan Ristić, by the way, along with his brother Dragan, is a member of the band Kal from uh, Belgrade, Serbia. Really cool younger Roma band. Right. I had Dragan, who is often the spokesman for the band, on this show like five years ago mm-hmm. uh, after Kyle had performed Hereabouts. Great band, and uh, you were smart enough to include a piece of theirs on your CD as well.
1: Yes, I, I mean, and I love the song. It's just, uh, it's totally different. It's not like your typical... Uh, traditional. Roma, traditional, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a... It's a wonderful sound. Unfortunately, I never met Dragon. I know Dushan, but I would love to have met Dragon, who I think wrote the song. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, let's hear it. It's Ding Dang Dong. Yeah.
0: Almost like a Roma rap. Roma rap, <laughs> a little bit of a ska beat there. Right, exactly. A lot of different influences. And, and um, both Dushan, I, I called him Dushan earlier, but you pronounced it correctly, Dushan, and Dragan Ristich, um, two of the band leaders, were, you know, they're very cosmopolitan guys. But I think they've both been to university. Yes, yes. Uh, they're influenced by a lot of uh, Western music, but they also are completely in touch with traditional Roma music. So Kal, their band... Brings those influences all together in in a really good way. Yes, I think
1: so. I mean, (laughs) I like a lot of this stuff on their album. This is my favorite, but there's a lot of other good things I like.
0: Oh, by the way, the word Kal means black. Right. And um, I asked Dragon about that when I had him here um, some years ago. And he had a rather long and interesting explanation. One was partly the fact that he felt like Roma were like the blacks of Europe. Right, there was a heavy identification. Yes,
1: yes, I remember reading that that he said that. Yeah, that they felt the identity towards the blacks in America and the problems that the the African Americans have experienced.
0: He listens to a lot of African American music. It was a big influence on him. Uh, Although the person he told me he'd most like to perform with, if he had a chance, is uh, Tom Waits. There's there's a a contrast (laughs) for you, right? Wouldn't you say? Um, Let's talk a little bit about these lyrics, um, which I guess are written by Dragana Ristich. who wrote the music as well. Vienna City is very big. My uncle lives there. He has two dogs. He does not have any kids. I am his little brother's son. When he is visiting us, his eyes are on me all the time. Oh, my uncle, get me a visa because over here there's a big crisis. Ding, dang, dong. I'll be nice to you. Please open the door. Ding, dang, dong. I'll be nice to you. Please open the door. And it goes on like that. The idea that um, over here, maybe in Yugoslavia, uh, when it was falling apart, I mean, that's where Dragon is, right? Right. Uh, get me out of here, Let me get me a visa, let me go to Austria,
1: you know? Well, actually, I, I mean, I don't think it applies to the two of them because they you know, come from a fairly, I think, a fairly upper-class home and they're both educated and uh, Dushan is a well-known artist. Uh-huh. fine art. So apparently. they didn't have to flee. But I think the song is reflective of possibly the feelings of there, yeah. especially those days in what was Yugoslavia. Right, during then. the wars, right. during the breakup of
0: right. uh, Yugoslavia. Um, the uh, kind of anthology that you've compiled for this CD that goes with your book covers a lot of different styles, a lot of different countries in Eastern and Central Europe. And I want to give our listeners you know, just little samples from most of these areas. Um, let's jump to a different one. Slovakia,
5: may be They they are Broca mi be de tobla mana dea tu palé e broca mi be e broca mi be.
0: Yet another selection there from the CD that accompanies the book, Gypsy Voices, Songs from the Romany Soul, about uh, Roma music, a.k.a. Gypsy music, from Central and Eastern Europe by my guest today on the 7th Avenue Project, Donald Cohen, the musicologist. Uh, Don... I'm going to let you uh, maybe give the name and background of that song we just heard.
1: Well, the song is called Teme Pia Rosnes." Rosnes, Beautiful song from former Czechoslovakia, right? Uh, but from the Slovakian section. This song kind of grabbed me. I, I happen to love, of all things, I love very schmaltzy music. If you don't know do the word schmaltz, it's a Yiddish <laughs> word meaning chicken fat. And, and, it's, and it translates as a second meaning, meaning super romantic Grab, sentimental. music that grabs you in the soul and I, and sometimes too sentimental overly sometimes sentimental. overly sentimental yeah. this is not overly this is just a grabber mm. and it it grows on you as you hear it when I first put it in the book and I needed a translation I sent it to um the lady who translated Vera Gelbart who's a brilliant professor of mathematic or something like that at Harvard, but was also a great singer Roma with some of the orchestras. And when she translated she said the song grabbed her, she didn't realise how good it was and she started singing it and and, uh, and teaching it at various organizations she was teaching at. So it's that kind of a song. It's very slow, it's very sedate, it doesn't seem to have any but there's something in that melody that tears at your heartstrings. Mm. It just does. Mm. You know, I don't know
0: why those sustained notes the kind of plaintive voice of that singer Vera Bila Vera Bila she's a
1: great singer yeah
0: this again you say is from part of what used to be Czechoslovakia uh, the Slovakian part Czechoslovakia once was home to a large number of Roma but the Nazis almost completely exterminated right. yes a very large that population of them. yes, yes. Um, you know we've only listened so far to just a tiny fraction of the diverse range of Roma music from this part of the world, right? Eastern and Central Europe. Yes. But can you make any generalizations about Roma music? I mean, I definitely think of virtuosity. Taroff de Hajduks, who we had earlier. David Harrington of the Kronos Quartet has said that they are all virtuosos in that band, in Taroff de Hajduks. Uh, and they're not alone among Roma bands. A lot of extremely um, accomplished technical musicianship and high speed sometimes. We've heard some slower, more mournful songs, but there's also these
1: blindingly fast, fast songs. And, you know, in some of these areas like Romania and Hungary, there'll be villages in which that is the primary function. Like the village that the Tara people come from is devoted to Latari musicians, the whole, the whole village. Mm. Several hundred, and they of course can't play together. They'd be hired out all over the the provinces mm. or counties or areas for weddings, uh, funerals, funerals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> baptisms, uh, baptisms, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no bar mitzvahs. aren't they're, there many bar mitzvahs <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons? But they are party bands. But they're party bands. But they they grow up from. From little children, yeah, and the mentors are these older men who are incredible musicians. So you've got this teaching going on all the time, and uh, as a result, the level of musicianship among the Romani groups is quite amazing.
0: Mm. And their standards are really high. I think Dragon admitted to me that when I asked him what they think of, and you tell me how to pronounce the word for non-Gypsy or non-Roma, gaj.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends on where
0: you are. Gaje. Gaje. Yeah, Gaije. Well, I asked him what Roma say among themselves about Gaije musicians. And he, he said, well, we say, mm, most of them can't play.
1: Oh. <laughs> Aside from that, they're nice people.
0: You know? <laughs> uh, you know, it's sort of like the white men can't jump idea. You exactly. Know? <laughs> We're exactly. really good at this. They tolerate.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, some sometimes with good reason. Uh, uh, if, if, a, if a Roma violinist thinks you're good, you must be really good. Mm. Mm. But beyond that, generalities, uh,
0: you know, is there something that unites uh, Roma music despite its diversity, you think?
1: Well, first of all, there's two different kinds of Roma music. There's Roma music that the Romani people play for themselves, Mm. and there's Roma music that they play for their compatriots who are not Roma. And sometimes there's a tremendously great difference between the two. The unifying thing is their great musicianship and their great creativity and ability to adapt. And of course... Part of that is because they had to. Mm -hmm. They are a speck in an ocean of different, frequently hostile people, Mm -hmm. or or at least. And uh, so to survive, they had to make their music so appealing that those people who would reject them as people wanted them as musicians so they could make a living.
0: You mentioned an argument that's been going on for at least a century between, say, people like Franz Liszt who said, Hungarian music is Roma music. Roma's created what's known as Hungarian right. traditional music. And people like Bela Bartok who said, no, mm-hmm. Roma or gypsies are just adapting the traditions that they discover when they arrive
1: in an area. They were 100 years apart, but they were. <laughs> the, the latter group was pretty irate about what listed written. Uh, Kodaly, Kodai? Uh, yeah. Kodaly and, uh, and, uh, and, and Bartok yeah. were quite unhappy about what he had written about uh, and uh, felt it clear that what the Roma did was just adapt Ah. music that was truly Hungarian. Hungarian. Truth of the matter is uh, as I say in my book I consider them incredible musicians whether they created it or their ability to interpret it is uh, just as important Maybe it doesn't matter but it seems clear to me that Roma brought
0: things to every area where they migrated Um, You look at flamenco You know, you hear things that don't sound like other indigenous Spanish music at all. And yet you hear things that you can almost say, remind you of Indian music. I think that's
1: true. I think that's true of a lot of Roma music. They had tremendous influence bringing new material in that was not there originally. Mm. You know, the difference is in certain places like Hungary, the Romani music that they perform for themselves is much more vocal. And the music they perform for the non-Roma is practically all instrumental. Mm. When Romania, it's almost all vocal music. Ah, really? I mean, they have... I'm not saying they don't have great instrumental, but I mean, you want to hear great Roma vocal, you go to Romanian. Ah. Um, So we were talking about Hungary, where the
0: relationship between Roma traditional music and so-called Hungarian traditional music is so intertwined that I, for one, could not separate them. And people have argued as... Bartók argued across the decades with Franz Liszt right. <laughs> as to whether which was which um, let's play an example though from Hungary from your CD uh, and I'll let you say the name of this one Ussian Tai Keles I hope that's your best attempt at Hungarian, attempt at Hungarian. <laughs> which is a difficult language <laughs> yes. for us non-Hungarians let's hear a segment of that song There from a song, Usian Tai Kalas, from the band Kaliag from Hungary, a Roma song there. In fact, I think I hear the the word Roma called out several times. Yeah, they're saying
1: Roma people come together or whatever. Yes, yeah.
0: And this one again is from the compilation CD you put together, Don, uh, for your book Gypsy Voices Songs from the Romany Soul. My guest uh, being Don Cohen here on the Seventh Avenue Project on 88.9 KUSP. I'm Robert Polly. Don, now that one. You mentioned that a lot of Hungarian Roma music is mostly instrumentals, but that's an exception, right?
1: Yes. Well, what the story is, is that when Hungarians think of Roma music and when when non-Hungarians think about Hungarian gypsy music, it's almost always instrumental. The violin Mm -hmm. and the the accordion, Mm -hmm. not very much accordion. No. Not some, but the violin is there, you know. Right. And that's what they do, in, and you hear the singing violin. This is what everybody perceives as music. But when they perform for themselves, the music that is for Roma is much more vocal. And, was, uh, and the group, uh, Kaliag, you know, was a Roma group. Uh, I saw them at UCLA performing over the world. What they were performing was the music that Hungarian Roma people sing, Mm -hmm. For themselves, I don't know how much they performed it for Hungarian audiences uh, in the old days, probably very little.
0: You know, I think if, um, you know, 60 years ago, 50 years ago in the United States, maybe even more recently, if you had asked some random person what they knew about gypsy music, probably the only thing, if they came up with anything at all, that they could summon up would be some image of two guys in a Hungarian restaurant... Maybe one with a violin, one with an accordion. Scarves tied around their heads, (laughs) sidling up to you when you ate your goulash uh, and, uh, you know, collecting a few bucks and wandering away. Uh, In other words, they knew almost nothing. But the one image that I think, you know, in the West here uh, was from Hungarian restaurants. Well, I was
1: just sitting in Paris three weeks ago, a street restaurant, and two guys come up with a portable amplifier, guitar, and violin. Right. And playing uh, gypsy jazz. Right, right.
0: But tell me, I, know, I happen to know that you go back quite a ways as a guy who was interested in and even played, you know, folk music. I mean, right. you go back to like the folk scene in L.A. in yeah, the 50s, right? pretty early. Yeah. Didn't you tell me once you <laughs> yeah. jammed
1: with Woody Guthrie? Yeah, I played with Woody Guthrie. I Holy played in Cisco Houston. I played with Odetta. You knew Odetta? You taught Odetta yeah. some guitar chords, licks? Early, chords. Her first chords, I think, she ever played, yeah.
0: So when did you, as a guy who was obviously ahead of your time musically, first get to know Roma music?
1: You know, I was really very much into Balkan music. I played at UCLA with some of the pre-Aman groups. I played guitar with some of these organizations. What do you mean and pre-Aman? I, oh, Amman a, was a prominent folk group of um, musicians and and dancers, they recorded, concertized for many years, Mm -hmm. in fact they're having a reunion uh, very soon. And this was even earlier than that Mm -hmm. that group. So it was ancient, Uh the ancient period. Uh But I I started getting very interested in European music, Russian, my father was from Russia, and so I got very interested in Russian music, and from that into Yugoslav and Greek, and started listening to whatever I could find. And along those lines, I found some Roma music, not a great deal. I knew much more about the Yugoslavian and the Russian and the Greek than I knew about the Roma. Right. When I decided to do this book, I mean, I had to do a, a lot of educating.
0: I know that this book was a much tougher undertaking than your first two because Fado music from Portugal, that's a very distinct uh, and relatively small genre exactly. concentrated in one country— Argentinian tango's bigger; it, it spread worldwide, but it's still a distinct musical form with a very traceable history. Exactly. exactly. Roma music is well, a universe. It was it was, <laughs> it
1: was the most difficult, and of course, any the book, the biggest problem is what to leave out. Mm. What to leave out? And how painful! Incredibly is. beautiful music. For example, I found this one beautiful Romanian song, gypsy song, which I loved, and I traced it out and found it. The only place I could find it to order it was from Romania. It's a little dangerous because you never know if you're going to get it, if it's going to come on time and where it's coming from. Finally, I found an English company. I could order it. I order it. I get this album record. There's 60 Romani songs on it from Romania. That's the one I want. I put it on. Is a glitch in that particular cut about a second or two. And I call back and say, will you send me a night? He says, I'm sorry, sir. It's... That's the way they sent it to us from Romania. Oh, I couldn't no. use that song. You couldn't use it on your I CD. I could not find it. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of beautiful songs, there's one that's sort of um, stuck with me since the instant I heard it, God, at least 20 years ago, uh, in a movie uh, called Ederlesi.
1: Oh, Ederlesi. Yeah, that's a great song. It's a very haunting and very unusual song. Let's play it right now. <laughs>
0: So that is a song called either "Enderlezi" or Ederlezi. It's spelled both ways. Right, uh, and it is from
1: Serbia. It's heard all over. It's heard everywhere, starting Albania, east all the way through. We nobody knows exactly where the melody started. Uh, it is um, universally popular. This was, I think, recorded in Greece. Uh huh. It could have been anywhere. And, and it's referring to a, a very important holiday,
0: the Festival of Saint George. Saint
1: George, yes, it's an Orthodox holiday.
0: The version we just heard was performed by Chrysula Christopoulou and Kostas Pavlidis. Yes, sound um, very Greek. It was recorded <laughs> in
1: Greece, and Greek they're <laughs> Greek Roma performers. Yeah.
0: Uh huh. And the way I heard this first, and I think a lot of you know non-Roma people first heard it, was in a movie called Time of the Gypsies. I can't remember when it came out, but it was directed by Emir Kustarica, I believe from Bosnia. And it was arranged by Goran Bregovic, a band leader, also, I believe, from Bosnia. And, um, well, it's a traditional gypsy uh, song, um, as we heard. Beautifully mournful, though the lyrics themselves aren't that mournful. I'd say
1: the the lyrics are sentimental Sentimental. rather than mournful.
0: Yeah, I I, I may have misinterpreted it, but Mm -hmm. it always makes me feel as though it's a lamentation. (laughs) It <laughs> it has that feeling to it, right? It does. And we should say that Goran Bregovic, who's very well known uh, because he has put together soundtracks for a number of films by Kusturica and others drawing heavily on Roma music. And he mm. even has his own band right. that has, is full of great Roma musicians. But that he is somewhat resented in some circles mm-hmm. for having appropriated and not giving full credit to... Absolutely, that's true. Uh, and especially
1: because, like this, for instance, he copyrighted this, which is a... a, a a very ancient uh, national um, melody and song and uh, has the copyrights and, and the words are actually the original Roma words. I've seen Gregovic's performances and it's kind of weird because you'll have some Roma musicians and you have some Serbian or, or Croatian orchestra vocalists singing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of a hodgepodge It's of, fusion. F- fusion. Some of it's really good, though. Very, very good <laughs> stuff. It's just a little confusing as to exactly. But I do think that's a problem in terms of credit being given. And I think the Roma have a lot of problems with it.
0: Well, after it's, all they've had to put up with, uh, that's the last thing they need is somebody copywriting their
1: music. of their music, right, exactly. <laughs> <God. Yeah. laughs> that's been
0: a- you mentioned in your book, you know, it would be nice to think that the persecution of the Roma— again, AKA, I keep saying this throughout our interview, gypsies, for those who aren't familiar with this term, Roma. Right. Uh, it'd be nice to think that the persecution had ended, but you wrote in your book that even as you were going to publication, right. some Western European governments were right. working on some new laws that might have led to deportation well, of this book, Roma you know,
1: populations. The, the book was finished a couple of years ago. It took about a year and a half to two years to get this published yeah. for a strange reason, yeah. unlike my other books. But during that period, when I was writing it, it was when Sarkozy in France were actually deporting some of the Roma who had lived in France for generations out to Romania where they'd never been. And I think even Italy was having problems. They were segregating them in certain areas where the kids who had gone to school were no longer able to go to that school because they were putting in camps of some sort. And this was happening in, in Italy and in France and then Switzerland various things were happening let alone in many of the Balkan countries too so there was a wave I think of s- new wave of ostracism and dislocation uh, and it's c- still causing a great deal of problems because you get to someplace in Romania and what do you do you've never been there you speak French
0: Wow well I, I- I'm trying to pack in as much music into this interview as possible because your uh, CD, your compilation CD has so many different manifestations of Roma music from so many different uh, Eastern and Central European countries just to give people a taste of this variety and range. um, I wanted to play something, again, very different. Um, This one's from Russia where, as you said, the uh, Roma have, um, have a history that's sort of different from a lot of other European countries. Not... Always ostracized. Sometimes in the favor of the courts. uh, Right. uh,
1: They they went through some areas where they were actually favored by the nobility and the government for their
0: musicianship.
1: Right. For their musicianship, and then and treated relatively well. And then uh, later on, uh, encouraged to nationalize themselves and learn uh, to uh, to become a nation like like the other groups. The uh, the Jews and the Armenians were all encouraged in the thirties, and then again. Subsequently, mm. after 37, 1937, they were asked not to speak their language anymore and unnationalized, become all Russian. Mm. And some were actually sent to Siberia, some mm. groups. So it's been a very up, up and down history.
0: Mm. Well, this one uh, is a modern Roma group from Russia called uh, Loiko. And the song is called Vishnya, which means cherry tree. Right. A sampling there of a song called Vishnia uh, by the Russian Roma or gypsy uh, band Loiko, uh, sung there by Leonzia Erdenko. Leonzia Leonzia Erdenko. And you say she's part of the Erdenko dynasty.
1: Yeah. um,
0: Musical um, dynasty.
1: Yes. Her parents were famous musicians, violinists. I think the father. I'm doing this from memory. It's been a while. And she's become very popular in, in Russia, and she's concertized outside of Russia. But uh, this is what they call the music, which is called Russian Romance. It's a kind of uh, gypsy music came up in the late 19th century, borrowing influences of romantic music from other parts of Europe, and uh-huh. giving them that Russian Romany flavor. Her and, style uh, reminds me a little bit of a fadishta, a fado singer. I often say that R- Russian Gypsy and uh, Fado have uh, a lot in common. I used to say, here's the difference between Fado and Gypsy, right? Fado says, uh, you've left me. My world has come to an end. There's nothing to live for. It is over. That's Fado. And Gypsy is, well, you've left me. world has come to an end. There's nothing to live for. But let's have a little drink. Let's have a little dance. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> That's my definition of the differences. But I do agree that there is a, uh, in feeling, there's a tremendously similar feeling to what I call traditional fado, not modern fado, traditional fado and and, uh, gypsy, to me. Mm,
0: I hear it. I definitely hear it. Um, You know, I thought I'd go out with the same song we began with, uh, Jelem Jelem, again selected by this World Roma Congress back in 1971 as the... I want to call it the national anthem in waiting since there still isn't an official Roma nation, you know, at least not geographically. Not geographically. (laughs) Uh, But it's called Jellem Jellem, which translates as I've traveled. And the version I picked here, sorry to throw this curve at you, buddy, but this is not off your CD. It's the only one we're playing that's not on your CD. But you'll recognize the singer. And I just wanted to bring together this song and this singer for reasons we'll talk about after I've played this. These
1: are probably the real words, the, the traditional words.
2: Jelem jelem lungo nel romesco, ma la dilene sugar e romesco. Jelem jelem lungo nel romesco, ma la وحتى <تصفيق> ولو
0: Okay, that was a version of Jelem Jelem by who, Don? Esma
1: Rezepova.
0: Yeah, uh, Esma, and I've heard it pronounced sometimes Rezepova, but she has a, a moniker she's known widely as?
1: Well, the queen of gypsy music. Queen of gypsy music. She is world-renowned, and the lyrics that she's singing are the original national lyrics that have been adopted as the anthem, uh, whereas the earlier one, Mind the first verse was, the second was uh, just some romantic thing. It was a strange amalgam. Ah, the but one we is, opened the show we opened with. Opened the show with, yeah. Lauren, but she's singing the words totally. And um, she's a great singer, a uh, great performer, performs both in Macedonian and, of course, in Roma. Uh, and
0: she's from Macedonia, uh, one of the countries we haven't really talked about, Um But uh, she lives in a town that is maybe the largest uh, Roma community uh, anywhere, Skopje, Macedonia.
1: City in Macedonia, yes.
0: So Esma has been performing for many, many decades, very famous. She performed for a long time with her husband, the band leader Stavo uh, Teodosievsky. Who, who has died? But she carries on, not only performing but also doing all kinds of good humanitarian deeds and promoting, uh, you know, the, Roma, the, Roma causes, causes taking Roman care of people. She's adopted and, uh, a bunch of orphans. Orphans, yes. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a lovely person. Um right. I had see. the good fortune to see her perform once uh, years ago. Well, Don, I did throw you that curve of playing one piece that wasn't on your album, but I'd really I'll forgive you. <laughs> But but let me finish up with one from your album, and I'll let you take a pick of the ones we haven't yet played.
1: Well, you just played the queen of gypsy music, so why don't you play the king of gypsy music? And these terms, of course, you understand are just generalized stage names. Stage names. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And this is uh, Shaban Baramovich um, singing Kale Bal. He was an incredible performer, wrote several hundred songs, never got credit for many of them, never collected money for many of them. Sometimes he made an appointment to come to perform at some place and just didn't show up. He party with his friends. He was one of those incredible people that sometimes bursts upon the scene and then falls off the scene. Uh, but you can't not ignore him. He has to be heard.
0: Well, let's hear him. And by the way, where is he from?
1: A Serbian performer, Serbian Roma, and passed away a number of years ago and very much missed.
0: Well, let's end with that perfect selection. I was hoping to play something by him. Don, it has been once again wonderful talking to you.
1: It's great talking to you, Robert. It's always fun to do this.
0: Donald Cohen's latest book is Gypsy Voices, Songs from the Romany Soul. And you can learn more about him and his website, tangovoices.com. You can always learn more about this show at our website, Seventh Avenue Project.com. And this has been the Seventh Avenue Project. I'm Robert Polly. I'll be back next week. <laughs>
4: Sila kalabal, zeleni jakar, nemam ja vladaje, ola me kalau. Kad je hel madaj, sarokam tato, sarokam tato, me si baktelo. Sarokam tato, sarokam tato. Oh, me sembaktelo, sila kalėdau. Zelenėjaka, ne mano Ola me kalam. sila Zelenėjaka, ne Ola me kalav i choripucema dal kalav lame tenileme jarabame biabka ke na musica kalav musica kalav aika phojina. Sila kale down zelenaya ka memanja vlazaye ola me kale Sila kale down ka memanja vlazaye ola me kale